0: Welcome everybody on this Thursday night. Hey, you enjoying church tonight. Isn't it great? Aren't you glad you're here? Hey, do me a favor and welcome those that are watching us right now live, online, and also on Facebook Live. Come on, let's give it up for those that are watching us as well on Facebook Live. And let me just say this. For some of you may not be familiar with me saying Facebook Live. This is actually our first opportunity to launch live on Facebook. So for those of you that are here physically in the house, let me just encourage you right now, this will be the only time I give you permission to use your cell phone during church. I want everybody to get their cell phones out real quick. Come on, hurry, get your cell phone out, your smartphone, your dumb phone, whatever you call it. But get it out real quick. And so here's what I want you to do right now. What I want you to do for those of you can, who can access Facebook, if you've got the Facebook app on your phone or whatever, Get on Facebook, and here's what you need to do. You need to comment. You need to tag a friend to let them know, hey, we are live on Facebook. Can I get an amen? So, Facebook it, tweet it, whatever you want to do, wheel it, deal it. Man, let's get the word out that hope is alive in Jesus Christ. Well, hey, we've been in this series called Read Direction, and we're excited because uh, God's been using this to hopefully encourage and inspire and and even equip us to become all that God truly desires for us to be this calendar year of 2018. And tonight is really the, uh, really the, the, the final message in this particular series that we've begun, And, and um, one of the things that, that I think if, if all of us would just uh, maybe just care to be transparent and honest, you know we all have those, those secret desires that are deep in our hearts. You know, we all want to achieve all that God has for us, in other words. We have these, these hopes and these aspirations. Maybe for some of you, you know, you set aside some, some New Year resolutions. You know, oftentimes during January, that's, that's something that people will obviously pursue, whether it's they want to get in shape, lose weight. Maybe they want to take up a new hobby. Maybe for some, you know, they're praying for, for, for a career change. Maybe it's to strengthen their relationships. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But the problem is with New Year resolutions is that even though we can have these hope-filled goals and, and aspirations and dreams, in many ways that's really what they are. They're 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 really just they're really just hopes. I mean, we all need some motivation. You know, we all we all need that that inspiration. But at the end of the day, inspiration motivation can only get you so far. And the problem with that. And this has been really kind of the the, the key thought that we've been hanging our hat on during this series. And it goes like this. We all have uphill hopes, but the problem is is that we have downhill habits. So again, all of us have these desires. We want the good things to become a reality in our lives, but the problem is, is that the downhill habits in our lives are the very thing that sabotage the things that we want so bad to become a reality. And so what we have to do is we have to invite God into the process. We have to we have to really turn those good habits, so to speak, more importantly, into God habits into our lives and, and really allow Him to give us the power to do what we alone cannot do. Because you know and I know, again, we can only do so much in our own strength. We can only go so far doing it on our own. At some point, we have to invite the power and the spirit of God to take over and to do the things that we could never accomplish on our on our own. In other words, we need God's help to get our lives moving in the right direction. Can I get an amen? Because we need that. We really, really do. And so, just real quickly, just as a, just as a point of reference, you know, we've been really kind of claiming this verse of scripture in Romans chapter twelve. I'm looking at verse two. I love how it communicates it in the message paraphrased version. It goes like this. It says, fix your attention on who? Say it out loud. On God. So most importantly, what we need to do, if we want to achieve those, those, those high hopes and those aspirations and those, those things that are seated deep in our hearts, then we need to, most important, we need to fix our attention on God. Because again, without Him, we can never ever accomplish those things on our own. We can only go so far. It goes on to say that you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and then quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. And notice carefully what God does. God brings the best out of us, out of you, out of me. And what does he do? What does he accomplish? He develops well-formed maturity. God habits in us. And so the key to really achieving all of the things that we desire to experience and to have and to ultimately live out in our lives, from God's point of view, we got to first and foremost fix our attention on Him. We got to invite Him into the process. Because as we've been learning through this entire journey together, that everything worthwhile is what? It's uphill. And so the challenge is, is even though these things may be good things, they don't come easy. It requires what? It requires sacrifice and commitment. It requires a lot of perseverance. And so we, at the end of the day, are the sum total of the habits we form. We form habits, and then our habits form us. And so we learned during week one, we learned that habit number one, the importance of focusing on what we do first. Why? Because it's like the... First domino that we push. It sets the course. It sets precedence over everything in our lives. That's why it's so important that we, every day, we begin with God. Every day we give Him our thoughts. We give Him our time. We give Him our focus. We give Him our hearts. Listen, we put Him first in everything. So what we do, we we focus on what we do first. And then secondly, last week we talked about how important it is to keep our lives in alignment with our purpose. We learned last week, if you have a pulse, you have what? A purpose. And before you even had a pulse, God had a purpose for your life. And so when you think about the habits that we need to instill and ultimately develop and build in our lives, the first one is is ultimately understanding what we do first. And once we set that in motion, now we can stay in proper alignment with God's purpose for our lives And the one we're going to be talking about tonight, and the one that we're wrapping up this series with, really is the key to sustaining the first two. If you take your notes, here's the third one, and that is, we must choose our relationships carefully. We must choose our relationships carefully. Turn to your neighbor, look at them, and say, choose carefully. Now, The person you may be sitting next to might be somebody you need to rethink tonight, all right? So here's the thing. We have to choose our relationships carefully. Why? Because our relationships have the power to make or break our lives. In fact, here's a fact. I promise you, you can take take this to the bank. Our relationship decisions are the single most impactful decisions we will ever make in our lives. You agree with that? I mean, that's a fact. It truly is. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. As a matter of fact, you are who you are and where you are because of the people who have been in your life, whether good or bad. And some of you, quite honestly, you you inherited people in your life, and whether they were good people or whether they were bad influences, once again, they shaped, they molded the person that you are Today, and so the relationship and the power of those relationships upon our lives are really, really incredibly important. In fact, here's how the Bible tells us in Proverbs 27 verse 19, a mirror reflects a man's face. But what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he what? He chooses. I like the way it says it. Because at the end of the day, the relationships that are in our lives are the relationships that we actually choose. And so when you think about the relationships, there are four specific um, habits, if you will, that I think are really important for us to establish or develop in our lives. And so in just a a second, I want to kind of just give you an overview of what these uh, four, what I believe God habits are when it comes to the kind of relationships and and the things that we need to do about those relationships. And then we're going to talk specifically about the kind of relationships that we all need in our lives. And so if you take your notes tonight, here's the first thing that I want you to understand as it relates to the kind of really habits that we need to form when it comes to the healthy kind of relationships, and that is we must nurture our important relationships. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by that. We must nurture our important relationships, and what I mean by important is this. Over the last 21, or excuse me, over the last, really last week and a half since we've been in this 21 days of prayer, uh, one of the things that we've been doing is we've been taking your prayer requests, and so um, just like tonight there in your communication card there's a place at the bottom that you can fill out a prayer request you can it's a safe uh, place an opportunity for you just to share what's on your heart and so if there's a burden if there's a, if there's a concern um, maybe you're carrying a broken heart tonight over a situation or circumstance or maybe over a relationship we want to we want to give you the opportunity to share what's on your heart and let us pray for you and you'd be amazed at how many prayer requests we get in from folks who share with us about the things that are going on in the relational world, whether it be a spouse that maybe they're in conflict with, or maybe conflict with a son or a daughter, or, or maybe they're going through the pain of a divorce, or, or maybe there's just some challenges, and maybe a blended family situation, and, and what happens is that if we're not careful is that the most important relationships in our lives, listen, can get hijacked by the enemy. I'm telling you, we have a real enemy that is out to steal, kill, and destroy. I have a very dear friend who, unfortunately, uh, was hit by a, uh, it was a a hit-and-run accident. He's a surgeon that actually goes to our church, and he was hit um, as he was riding his bicycle. And the car that hit him, hit him at a very high rate of speed. I literally threw him in the air, and by the grace of God, it was literally a near-fatal accident. By the grace of God, he's alive tonight. He's already had surgery, um, and he's still recovering from from his wounds. But what's incredible is that it happened in the blink of an eye. And all of a sudden, his world and their family's world has been turned upside down. They never saw it coming. He never saw it coming. And I can't tell you how many relationships that you know, I, I've been exposed to who, who have shared with me. They said, you know, you know we, we've gone through this situation or those circumstances, but honestly, we never saw it coming. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to derail you. Listen, he wants to rob you of everything that Christ has come to give you. And that's the reason why it's so important that we nurture the most important relationships in our lives. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, verses 7 and 8. Listen, the end of all things is near. In other words, we ought to live with a sense of urgency and a sense of intentionality. Why? Because the end of all things is near. In other words, hey, folks, Jesus is coming. You guys believe that? Jesus is coming. He could come tonight. He could come tomorrow. We don't know. But listen, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. And above all, listen to this, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I love that because love covers, amen? Man, love covers over our faults, our weaknesses, our mistakes, our imperfections. Let me tell you something. Every one of us in this room, we've all made mistakes. We're all imperfect people. Aren't you thankful we have a perfect God? And He, listen, love covers a multitude of sins your sins, my sins, our sins from our past, the present, the future because of all that Jesus did for us. So here's what I want you to understand at the end of the day, listen, we need to nurture the most important relationships. And we need to cultivate those relationships. Why? So that the love can cover those imperfections, those shortcomings, those those things when maybe other people have fallen short of our expectations. You know, you've often said, hey, the grass is greener on the other side. You've all heard that statement. You want to know the reason why it's greener on the other side? And by the way, if it is greener on the other side, I promise you this, the water bill is a heck of a lot higher. And the only reason why it's greener on the other side is, Is simply because that's where the water is, but it's also where the septic tank is. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing: you need to understand. Hey, if you want to have the man, the 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 vitality and the and 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 the the intimacy, and you want to have the closeness in your relationships, then guess what? You got to nurture it. You got to cultivate it. Man, it's cold outside for us Floridians. And, man, uh, you know, some of you, we don't have a fireplace, but we've had fireplaces in the past, and maybe you've been, you've been cranking up the fire in your house, and maybe you've been going old school. Maybe you, maybe you actually have to start a fire from scratch. You've been having to go out and get some wood and get some newspaper, and, and uh, maybe you've been building that fire. It takes a lot of work to build a fire, doesn't it? But once you get that fire built, And you get under the, maybe you get under the, maybe you get under the the blanket, you know, and and man, you're sitting on the couch and you're drinking your hot chocolate and you're just enjoying that warm, beautiful, crackling fire. Well, at some point that fire is gonna do what? It's gonna start dwindling. At some point, you gotta get up, you gotta throw the covers off, and you gotta go outside and get all cold, and you gotta get some fresh wood, and what do you gotta do? You gotta throw some more wood on that fire. Man, you got to get the you got to get the little poker and you gotta start poking it around. You got to you got to stir that baby up, don't you why? Because that's what you have to do to keep the fire going. It takes work to keep the fire going in our lives, specifically in our relationships, specifically in maybe your relationship when it comes to your marriage or your relationship with your children. It takes time. You know how you spell love? T I M E. And so we got to nurture those relationships, and that's one of the reasons why I'm honestly jacked up about our marriage conference. I'm just excited. We've never done one, and we've been working at it. We've been just. We're just. We have been praying about it, and been. Um. And and we had a breakthrough opportunity because we were we were really praying about the venue. Kind of like our first choice venue was not available, and and so we had. Kind of a second, third choice, but at the end of the day, the first choice came back, and it was available, and we secured it today, and we're so excited. And here's the thing, and and I'm just going to tell you up front, um, I don't know how many of you have ever heard, but there's a a landmark restaurant now in the community called Lake Nona. It's actually inside. uh, It's called Laureate Park, and they have a restaurant called Canvas, and next to Canvas is uh, a venue called uh, The Lake House. And uh, we're actually going to be in the lake house for the venue. Uh, Canvas is going to be catering the meal for the couples. It's $60 per couple. let me tell you something. When I say $60 per couple, that is a $60 investment that you're going to make to help cultivate, to help nurture, to help strengthen, to help build your marriage. And the reason why that's so important is because we all have uphill hopes, but we have what? Downhill habits. And everything worthwhile is what? Uphill. And not only that, those uphill habits require what? Sacrifice, investment, time, commitment, perseverance. It just doesn't naturally happen. And so, what we gotta do is we gotta invest in the most important relationships of our lives. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to go into our website. I want to encourage you to sign up. And whatever you do, do not let money keep you. Listen, you know and I know, as a couple, if you go to dinner and to a movie, you're gonna you're gonna drop sixty bucks. But who cares? Here's the end of the day. Sixty bucks is chump change when it comes to the investment that's going to be made in the foundation that's going to be laid in the marriage relationship that God can use to move in your hearts and to move in your family and to get your relationships moving in a way that's going to give you, listen, the deepest desires of your heart so if you're married listen if you're single and maybe desiring to get married you're engaged listen join us for an evening of fun it's gonna be laughter you're gonna be equipped and encouraged you're gonna you're gonna grow in ways in your relationships that I promise you can be a game changer so I'm gonna encourage you to share that word with a friend another couple that you know go online register and if you need financial assistance you let us know because we've had, a, we've had some individuals that were very, very generous and said, hey, we want to help sponsor some couples that need to go. So don't just swallow your pride. Just do whatever you got to do to get to the marriage conference. i got to keep moving here. Here we go. So the second thing is this, we have to restore. So the first thing is we have to nurture our most important relationships. Number two, we have to restore our broken relationships. Such an important thing that we need to do. We need to restore our broken relationships. Why is that so important? Because life's too short to carry an unforgiving spirit. It is. Think about it. A person who harbors unforgiveness in their heart, I'll tell you how crazy that is. It's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It really is. Man, we need to forgive. I love what Colossians 3.13 says. It says, bear, each other's, bear, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. And then notice, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You want to know the reason why it's so important that we forgive others? Because there's going to be at some, some point in our lives we're going to need forgiveness. And so we need to forgive others just like Christ forgave us. The third thing that we need to do when it comes to the kind of, of, of really what I call the, the, the uphill habits of our lives is we need to understand the importance of, of severing any harmful relationships. We need to sever any harmful relationships. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says it like this, He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools does what? Suffers harm. I'll tell you something. Can I just be honest with you? There are a lot of people who are in relationships, toxic, unhealthy relationships, and you need to sever those relationships. Now, before you run out of here and you go home and you tell your husband or you tell your wife, Hey, Pastor Rodney said I need to sever My relationship because you are a toxic person. No, 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 no. I did not say that. What I'm telling you is this. What I'm saying is this. There are relationships that we are involved with and people that we are exposed to. Listen to me. They are hurting you when it comes to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if your friendships and your relationships with other people are not encouraging, encouraging you, inspiring you to grow and develop and to become closer in your walk with God. Let me tell you something. You need just, I like to say it this way, you just need to go in sync on them. Remember that song? Baby, bye, bye, bye. You just got to <laughs> let them go. You got to sever those relationships and I, I've been reading through the the life of Joseph and man it's been all, so encouraging and it's been amazing as we've been doing that the God dreams through our prayer journal and working through this uh, journey together as a church and the prayer devotional so I hope you're doing that it's all on our website, it's on our app but it's an incredible experience and one of the things I appreciate about Joseph is you know he was he was seduced by Potiphar's wife but but rather doing what most guys would have done you know What did he do? Because he was a man after God's heart. Man, he was a a man of innocence and purity right then and there in a moment of vulnerability and temptation. You know what he did? After she grabbed him, I mean, literally, the robe was on the floor. He takes off, and he's running for the parking lot. Why? Because he didn't want to do anything, anything that would ruin his relationship with his God. I'm just telling you from as a pastor, your friend, listen. I'm amazed at how many people they allow themselves they become vulnerable by opening up themselves to all kinds of stuff on the internet and Facebook and man, they're entering into conversations and they're going to places I'm telling you, listen to me, where God is not being honored. And we need to sever those kinds of relationships that are not Encouraging us to grow in our relationship with God. And the fourth thing is this. We need to initiate some meaningful relationships. We need to initiate some meaningful relationships. You want to know the reason why m- most, honestly, why most people don't initiate and cultivate meaningful relationships in their lives? I'm talking about life-giving, Christ-centered relationships. The reason why most people don't do it, you know why? Because it takes work. It takes work. Remember what we said? Everything worthwhile is what? It's uphill. So it, we have to put into those relationships what is necessary in order for us to receive what God wants us to have. I love what Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So for the next few moments that we have together, I just want to share with you some things that I think are helpful as far as the kind of relationships that we truly need. And if you're taking notes, the first is this. We need to develop our relationship, you ready for this, with my church. You need to develop, that's what you need to have in your heart. Hey, I have a relationship with my church. And if, if, if Rethink Life is not your church, then I want to encourage you to Find a church. But if it's Rethink Life Church, then make Rethink Life your church. You need to have a relationship with your church. Why is that so important? Do you know that there are 30 verses of Scripture in the New Testament alone that cannot be fulfilled unless you or I are connected to a local body of believers? And at some point, and listen, I get it. There are a lot of people that maybe they're they're, they're church hopping and they're church shopping, and they go from this place and to that place, whichever wind, whichever direction the wind is blowing, whatever's cool, whatever's whatever this this these group of people go, they'll go and they'll just. But at some point, you got to be rooted and planted in the house of God. And at some point, you got to move from being a spectator to a participant. At some point, you got to get out of the grandstand and you got to get involved to where it becomes my church, where you own the relationship you have with your church. Because when you own that relationship, now all of a sudden, you move from being an attender. To now becoming a partner because you're stacking hands not only with God, but you're stacking hands with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And you now form a body of believers that is a movement that is advancing God's church and advancing the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that desperately needs it. And so, listen, we need to have that kind of relationship with our church. Ephesians 2, 19 says it this way. You are members of God's very own, notice carefully, family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I love the the words, members, family, belong, household. God has put a longing for belonging in the DNA of every one of us. And so a church ought to be a place where you are counted and you are counted upon. It's a place that you refer to as my church. I can't tell you how many times, just like the friend I was referencing a few moments ago that had the tragic accident. The thing that he and his wife have been already posting on their their Facebook page is that my church. Church has been there for me. My church has been praying for me. My church is standing with me. I have a friend who's here tonight. He walked in a few moments ago, a friend Larry, and he said, man, my church has been there with me from the very beginning and has been with me through the journey. And tonight I am cancer free for the glory of God. Amen. Is my church standing with me. And by the grace of God, man, we're better together. Amen. We need one another. And so let me encourage you something with something tonight. Develop a relationship with your church. And you say, well, how do I do that? Come to Growth Track. Come to Growth Track. That's the first step. We talk about partnership. At the end, we allow you to have the opportunity to join hands and to stack hands and to become a partner so that this becomes your house, your church, your home, your family, your body where you belong. Number two is this. We have to develop. Our relationship with godly friends we have to develop our relationship with godly friends you say how do you know how do you know if they're godly let me tell you how you know whether your friends are godly or not because those friends if they are godly they're encouraging you they're inspiring you they're challenging you to become all That God created you to be. You're not going to stay the same because, listen, together with those godly friends. Let me tell you something. Iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens the other. We're going to grow stronger together when we're around like-minded believers. So we need to develop and to ultimately cultivate those kinds of godly friends. I love what the scripture says in Acts 2.44. All the believers met together constantly and shared every. with each other and that's the reason why we have groups because we have church on Thursday night we have church on Sunday mornings at two locations and can I just say by the way we are one listen we are one house with two rooms we're one church with two locations and sometimes we we do things over in Lake Nona you know why because a lot of the things that we can do over there we physically cannot do here So therefore, the room is more accommodating over there to support the needs of what we're trying to accomplish. But on the flip side of that, there are things that we can do here that are better than what we can do over there because the the opportunity here just makes it better than what we can do over there. It's the benefit and the beauty of having one house with two rooms. It gives us flexibility and variety to do more things to meet more needs in a more efficient and effective way. And so let me just say this. When it comes to godly friendships, it's why we have life groups. And that's the reason why next weekend, I'm super pumped, we are having what we're calling Vision Weekend. And so Thursday night, Sunday, it is all about the vision of what God has put in front of us for 2018. We're going to celebrate what God did last year in 2017, but we're going to embrace what God has in front of us for 2018. And we're going to also have the opportunity to have a party where Sunday at church, and on Thursday at church, guess what we're going to do? We're going to launch our life group semester where people begin to connect where people involve themselves in groups. Why? So that godly relationships and friendships can be formed. And can I just say this? Next week, you can go on our website. There's going to be all kinds of options, whether it's an activity-based group, whether it's maybe a topical-based group. It really doesn't matter. What I'm going to encourage you to do is to check one out. Find the leader. Call the leader. And by the way, you can, t- you can learn a lot by talking to somebody for two or three minutes on the phone. And you might be able to, to kind of sense, hey, man, this person's like a... They're a little weird. I don't know. I I don't know. I connect with that person. I think I'll try this other group. And then you maybe call two or three other groups, and guess what? Maybe, maybe you find yourself in a conversation. You say, wow, I just had the most amazing conversation. And I think I could be friends for a lifetime with that person. And you know what? All of a sudden now you're connecting with people that you're doing life with. And you know what the real purpose is of, of life groups? Listen to me. It's not about the activity. It's not about the topic or the curriculum or the study. And and all those things are great. We can all benefit from that. But it's not about information. It's about transformation. Can I just say this? You need a place that you can go to. You need a group of friends that you can connect with. Where it's okay to not be okay. In other words you just need to have the freedom to be you to be you around people who accept you who love you who are standing with you who are praying with you who are encouraging you who are growing with you let me tell you something when you experience that that's where transformation occurs we're just better Together. Can I get an amen? We need one another. We need one another. The third thing is this we have to develop our relationship with a team. We have to develop our relationship with a team. So let me encourage you get on a team. Why? I love what what team stands for. Together, everyone achieves so we can do far more together than we could ever ever do on our own. We can accomplish more together than we could ever accomplish ourselves. I love what the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 4 verses 8 and 9. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. And there was no end to his toil. In other words, this guy was just day in and day out. I mean, it was just he was living his life and he was busy. In many respects he was extremely successful but he was alone he was hollow and there was nothing that would put his hand to that brought satisfaction and fulfillment to his life yet his eyes were not content with his wealth the scripture says but notice carefully two are better than one why because they have a good return for their labor You know what's awesome? What's awesome is that at our church, we have well over 200 people that serve on our dream team. On average, it takes about 40 to do it, to do it well. It takes about 40 dream teamers to support each of our services. So with four services over two campuses, it's it's just extremely important that we understand that you know what? We can do more. We can accomplish more together than we could ever, ever do on our own. But here's the cool thing about being a part of a team. Your team becomes your group. Because now these are people that you're not only serving with, but now these are people that you're doing life with. There are people here tonight, and they're probably in their mind saying, Will you please hurry up with this message because we're all going out together to dinner tonight with our team." because they do it every Thursday night. They are serving together. We have people here tonight that attend our Lake Nona campus, but they're here tonight because they worship on Thursday nights and they serve on Sunday mornings. But they're there with their team. They don't wanna miss the team. And the cool thing about serving with the team is this, they get to not only advance the purposes of God and make a difference in that way, but they also get to accomplish amazing things that matter for eternity's sake. And they celebrate the wins. Did you know that last weekend we had, listen to this, 14 people who came to the doors of Rethink Life Church for the very first time. Listen to this. We had 12 people that gave their lives to Jesus Christ. We had 15 people that went to our growth track last week. You know who had a part in that? Every person, whether they served in Life Kids, whether they're on the host team, whether they're on the setup crew, whether they're ushering, whether they're in production, whether they're on the stage singing and worshiping, every person had a part in seeing people's lives impacted for the glory of God. I'm here to tell you it's worth being on a team. And if you're not on a team, get on a team. Get on a team. Turn your neighbor, look at him, and say, Get on a team. We need to get on a team. And how you do that is come to Growth Track. Just go to Growth Track, and we'll help you get on a team. Listen, you'll never, ever, ever accomplish anything significant in your life alone. You need a team. You need a team. And I'm going to conclude with this. We need to develop our relationship with God. You know what the scripture says? The scripture says in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If you look for me. God says, if you'll just come after me, if you'll search for me, if you'll pursue me with all of your heart, God says, you'll find me. What would your life look like in 2018? What would your marriage look like? What would your family look like? What would your relationships look like? If you went all in. If you just went all in with God, I want to invite you to give him a chance. And let him show you what God will do in and through your life in 2018. Just go all in with him. Listen, just go all in and say, God, I'm all yours. Take my life and use me. And I promise you, if you will draw close to God, he promises you and James that he will come close to you. You are as close to God as you choose to be. So let's go all in with God in 2018. Because listen to me, everything worthwhile is uphill. But man, it's worth it. Because let me tell you something, that's where life change takes place. Amen? Let's bow our heads together.